0: It's always a little bit scary to do that. And I do that like twice a year. <laughs> Let's bring all the kids up and have an adult talk to them because we just never know what we're going to get. But, uh, but they really, truly, um, children have a, a great faith. Sometimes, sometimes I really wish that I could have the faith of a child because I don't always have the faith of a child. I don't know how many of you tried to go Christmas shopping today or yesterday. Yes? Yes? But I heard, I mean, I saw a lot of people saying Jesus is number one in the, in the I'm not sure if they were using that finger. They were, uh, they were definitely saying Jesus is number one, though, a lot with all the traffic around the Mall of America. I tried to go to the mall, not the mall, but I tried to go near there and had to go through different exits to avoid all of the major traffic there. And even on the side streets, people still wanted to insist that Jesus was king and number one. Um, But I think Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas or however you say it is a little bit frantic holidays, at least at this time of year. I mean, I thought I was going to have all my shopping done, but... My in-laws decided, I don't think they're here tonight, they? my in-laws decided that they were going to have Christmas early, so we were going to celebrate a week early, which was really great that we could celebrate on sa- Sunday the 18th instead of su- Sunday the 21st, 5th, but, but that meant I had le- seven less days to get all my shopping done, and then I'm going to the store, and then I'm, of course, because I'm a nerd, I have to look on the internet to see if it, I'm getting the best deal, and then I check my phone app to make sure I'm getting the best deal, which is often on the internet, so then I had to find out if I had to print out an email receipt, or if that would just be really tacky, but kind of tacky, but it was. You know, so anyway... Then then some of you have to decide if you're going to go to the office Christmas party, because, I mean, you want to have face time with the boss, right? You want to say thank you for a job and a paycheck, and that's really good, but how much party do you get on with the office Christmas party? Because you want to have a little bit of fun with the office party, but if you have too much fun, you might not have a job when you come back at the beginning of the year, so you have to really, really be concerned about that. And then some of you had to work extra because you wanted to make sure you could buy all the things that you wanted to buy at Christmas time, and so you worked extra, but then you felt guilty about working extra, and, and then you're like, are they even really going to wear, use, or play with any of these things in three months, and I just don't know. And, and then you think about packing all those things up because not just your immediate family, you want to celebrate with your extended family too, but your extended family is on a different schedule than you are, and you might not even like the schedule that they're on, and so then you're going to go spend the time with those relatives, and you're thinking peace on earth? <sighs> that is probably not going to happen, or seem very attainable. But practiced that a few times. But, um, <laughs> but even at a time in, uh, when Jesus was born, it was even that frantic. 30 years or so, or 25 years before Jesus was born, the Roman Republic, as it was growing and expanding, and had this big senate, went to war with Egypt. And in the midst of that war, they defeated Egypt and their general, their, their commanding king, our commanding um, general came back from Egypt and the, the Roman Republic crowned him the first emperor and thus started the Holy Roman Empire. And they gave uh, General Octavian the name Augustus. And Augustus meant exalted one, which was super fitting because uh, Augustus really preferred to be called lord, king, or just exalted one. Even Savior. And so 25 years before Jesus came into the world, this Roman Empire started with this huge dictator, and thus Pax Romana, as you might know it as, was, was inaugurated. And it was on this government that people thought peace, and it was on this Caesar, this Lord, this King, Augustus, that people, that's what they thought of when they thought of Savior, and when they thought of a prince of peace, and really what Pax Romana meant was anyone that, that went against the Holy Roman Empire, anyone that, that decided they might want to question that or they had something they thought differently about that, that the, uh, that the army would just squash them. I mean, that's what Roman peace meant. It was peace as long as you got along with Rome. And at a time where people looked at kings and saviors and Messiah is in this conquering military general. Um, even, even the Jews' own beloved King David fit this description. I mean, th- if, you've, if you've heard any stories about David, think about him. He was the shepherd boy who, who, defeated, um, who then went on to defeat Goliath and then became the commanding general of the army and then eventually became king over God's people. And so even even their beloved King David would have this title of Prince of Peace, Messiah, more than even maybe Augustus. And so it was in this really kind of this place of this is what it means to have a savior. This is what it means to be king. This is what it means to have a Messiah. It's this conquering military general and then when you have all the power, you make all the rules. It was that kind of attitude that, that the Jews had. And then, unfortunately, they were exiled. They had other nations come over top of them. And so the Jews had been in exile a long time. And Assyria and Babylon and Persia and then finally the Greeks and then finally Rome. It was just oppressive king over oppressive king over oppressive king and this... The term Messiah meant the one who exceeds to power. And in the midst of all that, in this really dark, oppressive, captive place, God made his first promise about a different kind of Messiah and a different kind of peace. And Isaiah, the prophet, tells us in chapter 9, verse 6, that a son has been born to us and a child is given. And the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And his government of peace will never end and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. And so here the, the prophet is kind of connecting. David had it close. He was, he was pretty close to what it meant to be. And certainly these other messiahs or saviors don't have it quite right, but this one that will come, he will get it right, and his his rule will never end. And I'm sure the people that first heard Isaiah say that felt a little bit like the shepherds on that first Christmas night when the angels came and appeared around these shepherds and they freaked out. And he says, Do not fear, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everyone for today has been born a savior yes messiah the lord and you will find him in bethlehem in this city of david and you will recognize him by this sign you will find a baby ripped wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger Think back to that, that prophecy. A child is born to us. A son is given. Now, maybe you've heard that before. And maybe you're like, oh, that's, that's nice. That's a cute story. But if you really think about it, I just had a friend who, who just four days ago his wife gave birth to a, to a son. And they, I mean, it brought them a ton of joy. And you know what? After watching my wife go through three wonderful births, we love watching other people give birth. It gives us lots of joy. And it's exciting to see babies born. But it's not really where we put our hope, is it? I mean, when you are thinking of a great master plan, you don't put it into the hands of a two-year-old. Do you? When, when life smashes you in the face when, when you lose everything. Um, we had a f- couple friends a few years ago. Their house burned to the ground. They didn't call their granddaughter who was one and a half and say, what do you think we should do? I mean, people don't put their hope in a child. It doesn't make any sense. And certainly, these people that were, were hearing this had to be thinking the same thing. Are you, are you serious, God? We're going to put our trust in a baby? I mean, We've been, if, if I'm a Jew in the first century, I'm thinking, um, we've been captured by four different nations, five different nations before. We've been beat around for thousands of years. Um, they mock you, God. And, and we're scattered throughout the known world. And you really want us to put our trust in a baby? Exactly. No way. It just doesn't make any sense. But, but maybe the shepherds we're just a more trusting bunch. Or, or maybe the shepherds remembered the words of the prophet who said, a child is born to us, a son is given. Or maybe they were just excited because as shepherds, they were always the last to know. I mean, the shepherds were kind of the bottom of society. I mean, they were above the lepers, the cripples, um, the sinners, but, but they were pretty low. So they were often the last to know. So maybe they were just excited to be one of the first ones to know. Or maybe it was the glorious amount of angels that stood around this one proclaiming angel that said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace in those on whom God's favor rests. Maybe it was that hope, that glimmer, that chance that, that these shepherds could have a peace that this nation could have peace. And so they went with whatever speck of faith they had. And sometimes I think some of us really think we have to have this giant faith to understand understand who God is, to understand the, the story of Jesus, to understand Christmas. And I don't think the shepherds had much faith In fact, I think they probably had a a lot of doubts. But they went with that that speck of faith. They went throughout this village, really. I mean, granted, it was an overrun village. But it was just a village through Bethlehem. And they found this child. In, of all places, an animal shelter. And so as shepherds they felt like they could enter the animal shelter because that was their home turf. They usually had to sleep with the animals anyway. And so here, the king of kings, the lord of lords, is born in the humblest of places so that anyone and everyone could have access to him, even shepherds with just a speck of faith. And since... The God of the universe was a child. Didn't have to worry about how they might act. Didn't have to worry about how they might dress. Didn't have to worry about what they might say. Because it's a baby. But it's not just that. This prophecy, this hope, this picture of Jesus is that the government will rest on his shoulders. And and in our day and age, we don't put a lot of hope in... I, I don't put a lot of hope in our government. Um, I try to. Uh, it's better than a lot of places in the world, but I don't put a lot of hope in it. And in, in Jesus' time, the Jews didn't put a lot of hope in their government. It was oppressing them. They were captives to it. If they disagreed too much, Rome would come and squash them. And yet Isaiah, the prophet says... When the one called the Son of God comes, the government will be on his shoulders. Meaning, like, he will bear the burden of the people. And he will walk in the oppression of the people. And so, Jesus comes as a baby at Christmas, but he came to come, become what we couldn't become. He came as one of us. And he lived a life that the Jews couldn't live. That God had called them to to be the representative of God, to walk in blessing and to share that blessing, and the Jews couldn't do that. And you know what? I don't think you and I can do that either. And literally, at at one forty five, I'm like, "Oh, we have plenty of time to make it to church." And by by two twenty nine, I wasn't sure there was much of Christ's love left in our house, but we were all dressed. And it just went to show, like, Jesus came to live the life that I couldn't live. Probably the life that you can't live either. Certainly the life that you see other people around you not being able to live. And he paid a penalty for his innocent life, for our disobedient life, that we couldn't pay. And he rose from a grave that we couldn't raise from. Get risen, rise up from, to give us eternal life that we couldn't grab ourselves. And the Jews in Jesus' day were in a similar captivity and under a similar oppression. And maybe we're not under the same physical oppression and captivity, but I think a lot of us are under emotional captivity, and we're under spiritual captivity. And that's, I think that's why Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he quotes this same prophet, Isaiah. And he says in, in chapter 61, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for those that are captive and to release the prisoners from darkness or to set the prisoners free. And that's what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. It's not just presents. It's not just hope in a child. It's the truth that Jesus came as a child, yes, but to set us free from the things that hold us captive. He really gives us this true peace. He releases us from our sin and our shame and our secrets and our doubts and our fears and our falsehoods and our fakeness. And he sets us free, and he gives us peace. And that's a peace I need, and that's why I think that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. So if you're in a place where you're feeling oppressed, or burdened, or, or even captive, hear the words that the government rests on Jesus' shoulders, that he bears the burden that you and I don't have to carry. For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, reminds us, that Jesus didn't come to just take away conflict, but to restore this brokenness that's between us and him, and us and the people around us, and, and the whole world. And so, if you aren't experiencing peace, um, I'm going to grab these presents because we like presents sometimes. Um, maybe you're holding the wrong gifts if you're not experiencing peace. Like, like maybe you have some actions or behaviors in your life right now that that the Bible would call sin. And you just can't seem to shake them and you just keep sliding back into them. Or maybe You're hiding pain. And you're carrying something that that was never, ever meant for you to be carried, for you to carry. Maybe you're, you're holding on to or covered in a shame that you shouldn't be holding on to, that might not even be your fault, and even if it is, the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of him removes that shame and gets rid of it. And maybe you're just carrying burdens that, that you shouldn't be carrying. You're worrying about things that aren't your things to worry about. You're trying to take on the world, thinking that, that really, if, if we were having a one-on-one and sitting down for coffee, and I said, are you pr- trying to play God in this situation? you might say yes. And, and Jesus comes as Emmanuel. He comes as Messiah. He comes as God with us. And when he comes, he comes at Christmas as a gift. A gift that, just like the gifts that we give at Christmas, we need to accept. And see, the cool thing about when we accept the gift of who Jesus is, even as king, even as Lord of Lords, He never forces his way into our life. He just simply offers to say, anyone who invites me in, I come in. And when he comes in though, the coolest part is that we can give him our burdens and we can give him our shame. We can give him our sin. And we can give him our pain. And he takes it all. Like it's not even there anymore. And that's the offer of Christmas. And you can receive that right now. Just Mm -hmm. ask him. Say, I want to get rid of my pain and I want to take you, Jesus. And like a little infant who doesn't remember the exact words we say, Jesus will accept any prayer that is authentic. And like the King of Kings, he will take the burdens of our lives on. And so at this Christmas, wherever you're at, is Jesus your Prince of Peace? He had to be mine almost 20 years ago. He had to be mine 87 minutes ago is it yours God I thank you that you came to us as a person as God in human form and Jesus that you lived a perfect life and died a humiliating death so that we could be in relationship with you God, I pray that as we sing, as we pray, as we reflect, God, that we would accept you, receive you. We would put you at the center of our lives so that we could have a peace that that nobody else can fill and a peace that, that words can't express. Don't ask it arrogantly, God. We ask it humbly because we can. Thank you for your love and your grace and the sacrifice of your son, Jesus.